Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I come to work with two hands every day and I'm trying to bless somebody. I'm not playing in your league unless I can draft myself. (laughs) (laughs) With Matt Harmon. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so. <laughs> Thank you. Someone clip that. Because I know there's some guys who are like, oh, no, you know, I'm sticking to my diet. Well, I'm going to plan. I'm going to plan to make sure that I can have a plate. It's Wednesday, December 7th, and that means it is time for another episode of Eckler's Edge. Joining me, as always, is LA Chargers running back Austin Eckler. Austin, how's it going, buddy? It is indeed time, and it is Indeed going. Um, A couple of statements here to start. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. Um, Those are not those are not false either. Um, Man, you know, it's it's going, you know, season is up and down. You know, same conversation I had last week. The love hate relationship. Love playing the game. Hate losing. Um, Totally. And unfortunately, we came up short again this week. But hey, I'm looking forward to another opportunity. Um, We still uh, have everything in front of us, you know. Uh, we need some help, but we got to help ourselves first and getting some wins. But also looking forward to uh, have another banger episode of Eckles Edge. So let's get into it, man. Yeah, no doubt. We got a lot of things to cover here. Beefy mailbag section. Of course, we'll talk charges as well. We also, well, not we. Unfortunately, Austin could not make the CD Lamb interview uh, that is at the end of this podcast. But great conversation coming up later with Dallas Cowboys wide receiver CD Lamb. But first and foremost, Austin, give the people the, the promo that they need for the signed jersey giveaway. No doubt. Look, we're coming. We're coming down to the end, y'all. We have five five regular season games left, and so that means there's only five more opportunities until next year to uh, get yourself a signed jersey. Um, if you have me on your team, uh, all you have to do is reshare your a screenshot of me on your team to Instagram or Twitter, um, and make sure to tag me in it, and that will automatically enter you every single week into our giveaway that we're doing for two signed jerseys. So, hope you guys. Uh, have been participating, and if you haven't, make sure to get in there. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, make sure to keep up with that. All right, let's talk the game last week. Raiders 27, Chargers 20. Austin, uh, yeah, like you said, disappointing loss. Uh, you guys came up short there. Um, you know, the Raiders are <laughs> – they've turned it around, man. Remember like four weeks ago, everybody's like, oh, you got, got to get Josh McDaniels out of here. Same old thing in Denver. Uh, and that's the reaction machine that moves every single week, man. But – they have really put it together, and it's mostly been on the back of two absolute star players uh, on offense, Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, man. Those guys are both balling out right now. Yeah, man. I mean, and then, 
I mean, you can't you can't overlook the, their defense either. Uh, True. I think Max Crosby, um, specifically Max Crosby, has been uh, you know doing his thing at a high level for a few years and con- continues to still do that. Um, you know, their their star players have been have been showing up and making plays for them, uh, and that's basically I think why we lost the game. You know, they made more big plays than we did. Um, they were more consistent in the running game than we were, um, which you know over time of the game, you know, wears you down and, you know, basically limits your opportunities. Um, and so they definitely outplayed us that game straight up. Um, and that's the NFL, man. That's the NFL. It's, it's up and down, right? The media's leaning on you one week saying this now, Oh, now you have a good game that we're saying this. Um, and that's, what's so great about it is there's always so many stories because there's so much adversity that goes on through teams, through, you know, injuries, through people playing well, for people not playing well, like there's stories intertwined in all of this. And no, unfortunately, man, like when we come out of a game like that, man, like it's really hard to describe like my feeling. Like I feel like there's like a hole inside of me, you know, especially uh. if I don't play as well as I want to, right? You know, I got fumbled the ball coming out of halftime. Terrible. I dropped a touchdown pass. That would have been incredible if I had made it in the first quarter. Um, like a scramble play. Um, and then it, you know, had some miss I had a misprotection too that really sticks out to me. So when I when I have those missed assignments that I know I can make those plays, uh, it's just like, man, like Ah, I just, I just feel like I let the whole organization down, you know, because when I run the ball, like you got to think about it, man. Like when I have the ball in my hands, like I'm not just running the ball for myself. I'm running it for, you know, my teammates, for my coaches, for all of our job security. But then it goes above that too, for all the organization, right? Our owners, our GM, right? Everyone that's put us in this place to actually, you know, go out there and do this. And then all the fans too, that are in the stadium, all the fans that are watching, um, and then it goes out to the fantasy fans as well, right. so that everyone is relying on me to perform well with this ball in my hands. Um, and so that's why, like, you know, w- when I don't play it to the standard, I feel like I should be playing at man. It has this huge weight on my body and on my mind. Um, so that's that's uh, one of the things about the NFL that, you know, you kind of get forced into. You, you have to be mentally tough because uh, if you're not, it's going to be it's going to be tough on you. Seriously, I mean, all that pressure you just you ran down that not everybody can handle that. Right. And I mean, (laughs) it's no, no, not not everybody can handle. I'm sure you've seen guys who can't who can't handle it. Right. And I mean, we all I think we know people in our lives that struggle through adversity that other folks rise up through adversity. You know, there's there's a lot that goes to to making a person who they are, not just from a football stance, but like we always say, it relates back to real life, too. And you've brought this point up many times that as much as people that have you on their fantasy teams or as much as like, you know, fans of the teams, they're hurting, they're pissed about like a, a, a bad performance or whatever, you know, who feels that the most is you guys, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, well, first off, it directly affects us at our own job security, but then we have the pressure from everyone else as well, you know, putting the pressure from our coaches that we need to play better from, you know, then we see in the comments that we see in the media talking about the Chargers can't do this, can't do that, you know, and you're part of that. And so we definitely feel that way. So, you know, that's, we're talking fantasy and that's why I understand, you know, how guys can get caught up and they don't want to, you know, deal with fantasy because it's a lot of pressure. It is. right. Um, but, you know, I'm in a scenario where I kind of I invite that pressure like I need that pressure I want that pressure even though it sucks absolutely sucks and like I said I feel that hole in my my soul feeling when I lose and let people down even myself but I feel like that also makes me better 
Um, because now I know I have to come back. Like I put so much pressure on myself to be better the next time. Um, and even though, yeah, it, it definitely still lingers with me, but I, I need that. Like, I like that, that it lingers with me because that's more motivation for me for the next opportunity that I get. Yeah. I was going to ask you like when, cause we're here on Tuesday morning. Um, you know, obviously the game feels like forever ago, but it was just a couple days ago and, and you, you got another one coming up, another big game on Sunday night. You guys have been playing a lot of Sunday night games, man. Uh, we'll get to that uh, Dolphins preview later on, but when's the time of the week that you sort of, okay, put put last week to bed and then move forward to next week, or does it not really happen like that? Uh, you know, you try to. It, it, it lingers, man, though. Like, the losses, the losses linger. Uh, the wins, I feel like that's what you expect. You expect to win, so when you win, I feel like those you move on from those a little quicker. Uh, but when you lose, for me, maybe this is me personally, it, it lingers sure. a little bit longer. Like I still have that salty taste in my mouth. Like, gosh, man. And so, I mean, you know, systematically, like with our you know installs and stuff, it's you know put away after Monday, right? We've watched the film. All right, move on. We're on to Miami. Um, but as humans with emotions, like that's not how stuff works, right? right. And as competitors, that we want to be the best, and if we know we you didn't play to the standard that we you know expected, like that has effect on you, and it it really comes down to I think you know, being around your teammates helps you get over that, right? Being around that support group, the guys that we went through and being around the guys and getting out on practice on Wednesday and moving on, uh, I feel like is when it really, I guess, leaves my mind as far as like, okay, we're actually officially moving on. When I get around the guys and we're actually practicing for the next opportunity. Um, but till then, usually, yeah, it's still uh, like, even right now, I'm just like, oh, feels, I feel so bad. I feel so down. But you know, Still got to push forward, man. Because guess what? Miami doesn't care what happened. You know, right. they don't. They have they, no one else cares besides you know our, the group that I talked about. You know that is putting all the pressure on us. So um, we got to move on and we got to get on with it. Yeah, uh, I think that comes down to culture, right? Like the, the support system that you guys have and everything. It's sort of similar, almost like a. This is the only thing I can think of um, to relate it to, but it's almost like when you go through a breakup and you're until you get out and like get back out there, see other people, like start moving on with your life. It's like you're just going to linger in that hurt. So in a way, it's like, okay, good Wednesday, Thursday practice. That's when you're like first dates back out there again, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's great. I like that. Um, For sure. Yeah, just overall, man. I mean, it's I'm glad we get to talk to you about this stuff as much as obviously this this sucks. I'm sure relive it again for you. You, but I'm glad we get to talk to you about this stuff because Andy Barons and I just had a conversation on yesterday's pod about like revenge games, right? It was a hell of an all time uh, revenge game Sunday. You know, AJ Brown goes out there, destroys his old team, Tennessee Titans, so much to the point that they fired the GM this morning. I'm sure it's not, yeah, right? Like, I, I, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And I'm wow. sure. I'm sure there's other stuff going on like behind the scenes that we don't know about. That wasn't the only, I'm sure that's not the only reason, but you can't help but like, look at the timing, right? Like, Oh my God, the, the Titans just got smacked by this dude that they traded. And then the literally a couple days later, they fire their GM. But so all time, all time, uh, revenge game Sunday to the yeah. point. It's like, if you think that, that in like intangible factors, because fantasy fans, NFL fans now are just so like statistic based, like the spreadsheets, all this type of stuff. But if you think that like intangible stuff that like Austin's talking about, your revenge game stuff, you think that doesn't like affect your bets, fantasy team stuff like you that you'll never understand. I mean, you're you're insane. Like you're a crazy person if you think that stuff yeah. doesn't matter. 
Because, man, we have emotions too, right? We're human, right? Like like I say all the time, paper doesn't play football like humans do. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. There's those outside motivators um, and factors that play into us. You know, whether we know it or not, there's some psychology. There's a lot of psychology that goes into football and how you're able to adjust and how you're able to play, you know? Like, for whatever reason, yet yeah, the revenge game, right? Like, you can't ever simulate that, like, and just like, oh, like, hey, I'm going to act like this is a revenge game against Miami this week because you don't have that you know, that personal bond with that team, that player, maybe that's that personal saltiness that they let you go. They didn't want to resign you because they didn't think you were worth what you were worth, right? Like, you can only get that in so, in like, very particular instances, and usually it's pretty rare. So, yeah, there's definitely uh, some other factors that go into performances. Yeah, and it's impo- again, it's impossible to measure because every just like every human being is different. Every human being football player is is different with how much they're going to care about that stuff. Um, last couple notes just on this game again, just on Devonte Adams. I think that dude is like having his best season. One of his, any you know, unbelievable. His be- two of his best games, unbelievable. I, two of his best games, Austin. I hate to say it, have come against you guys. Week one, and then this most previous week. Um, obviously, you win in week one, but. He was he's just been dominant, like the reason wow. that they're winning games in this little three game winning streak. Yeah, man. Just I mean, you respect game regardless if you're going against it or not. And just watching him play is pretty incredible. Just how fast, how big and how just just anything in his vicinity, he's catching that. Like that's that's him. Um, so I feel like that makes it pretty easy as a quarterback, you know, just throw it to that guy, <laughs> like you know, because that guy's going to he's going to be open and he's going to catch it. Um and man, yeah, he's uh, he's uh, showing why he's one of the best. Him and you know him and Tariq. We're going against the other one. Now we're going I against know, Tyreek. Yeah. You know this week, so uh, we're gonna have two uh, receiver matchups that we're gonna have to. Uh, well, you know they got us the first time, so now hopefully we're able to make some adjustments. We have to. We have no choice because um, we got another one, another stud coming in. I, I think Adams is like one of the most. One of the coolest stories in the NFL. I mean, you know, I do all this work with reception perception, like charting wide receivers and and stuff like that. In terms of success rate versus man coverage, Austin, I think I think you'd find this interesting. In his rookie year, his first two seasons, he has like two of the bottom ten scores I've ever recorded, and I've I've charted like wow. three hundred and fifty plus players at this point since. Uh, wow. I mean, it's a, it's a lot, and then then the last four years, he has. Like two, he's he's top two or three every single year the last two years. So wow. he has gone from like the bottom to the top at the wide receiver position. I think he's just one of the coolest stories um, in the NFL because of that. Like that's I would love to know what that guy's like motivation was like his drive. I know there's some pieces written about it, but I would I'd love to have that conversation sometime because I think that's pretty cool. We gotta get him back on the show. Yeah, we got yeah we got to get him back on the show. Um, and yeah, so obviously cool to see Josh Jacobs as well. That's another motivation, right? The fifth year option, everything. Uh, my my colleague Charles Robinson actually had a pretty good comparison on his podcast about this. He said that he was talking to like some Titan sources. I think the year right before Derrick Henry's like big blow up year, you know, and like even in the organization they were like, I don't know if he's got it. Like I don't know if he's. They were like big time. Pretty much like this guy's not going to work out. We don't think he's going to. Yeah, be. for the first couple of years he struggled. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then and then they go and then he goes out and has that big year. I think it was 2018, maybe 2019, whatever. Uh, and, and now he's like the face. He's the face of the franchise. He's the identity of the team. So I hope we're seeing something like that with Josh Jacobs. I thought that was a pretty good comparison with Charles. Yeah, man. I just know uh, he's gonna he's gonna get what he deserves, right? He got to help set the running back market, man, and go pay this man. Yeah, no doubt. Would be great to see that. All right, Austin. 
Let's move on. Uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about your fantasy teams this year. You know, we haven't gotten a ton of info out of you in terms of <laughs> how your teams are doing. Um, we, we mentioned it here and there a little bit, but uh, give us the scoop. How are some of your fantasy teams faring this year while you're out there carrying so many other people's fantasy teams? Yeah, so I have six teams um, as of now. I have four that are uh, in the Austin Eckler Foundation. Um, you know, the be the best you, you know, I'm rocking some of the foundation gear today. There's a logo. Um, and then I have one in, uh, Michael Fabiano's celebrity league. And then I have one with my Twitch stream. Um, and so the four in the foundation, I have two where I'm sitting at third place right now, Mm. sitting at like nine and four and I think 10 and three. Shout out. Um, Yeah. So coming through strong. Um, but you know, I have also one that's like right in the middle, uh, five and eight, actually more towards the bottom. I'm 11th on that one. So that one's rough. And I have like three people on bye week because everyone decided to go, you know, get scheduled on bye week this week. And then my other one is not looking good right now. I'm in uh, 15th out of 16th. My Twitch league. Oh, my God. So there's 20 people in the Twitch league. So it's actually it's actually terrible. Like, I do not recommend 20 bad leagues. Uh, yeah, I, no. <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> so I didn't have a backup quarterback, and my quarterback, um, Kirk Cousin, was on a bye, and all of the quarterbacks were taken up. There was literally no quarterbacks left because there's 20 people and there's only 32 teams, and everyone had a backup besides me. So I just didn't play a quarterback that year, that game. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that one I, I also – Javante Williams, is that his name? Uh, yep. For the Broncos? For the Broncos, He was yep. my first-round pick. Because uh, I was like really late, and so I had I was picking up Javante, and um, he's out. I also had, I think I had Keenan as my second pick. He's been out most of the season. Finally, he's been you know uh, making an impact. And then yeah, it's, that one's been rough. So I have finally won my first game. So I'm one and twelve in that in that league. And then my celebrity league, I'm right in the middle at six and twelve. So a couple playoff contenders. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, for the most part, we're doing well, doing well. Out of out of six teams, I think I have like like four right now that are pretty much going to be in the playoffs. So, not too bad. Not too hey, bad. that's that's not too bad, man. Yeah, hey, that twenty team league, you suffer like like your first round pick gets injured, and you're like, yeah, forget it, like, man. <laughs> when you're doing the draft, like you're picking up like people that aren't even on a team yet, expecting them maybe they'll get picked up, like because the backups are gone. Yeah, you're like. Like now you're looking at third string guys uh, or people that are just just got drafted that no one really knows about yet. And hoping they can make an impact um, later in the season, maybe. So, yeah, 20, like, don't do it. It's, it's it takes it takes some of the fun away, especially when there's injury injuries, which, you know, there's going to be injuries every year. So, yeah, I just do it because I try to encompass as many people as I can from the twist stream, because if I could, I would, ha- I would have hundreds of people in there. Um, but we just take up the top 20 um, subscribers over there and throw them into a league and watch the madness play out. Uh, anyone like in particular besides yourself uh, kind of really helping you in fantasy this year on your teams? Uh, yeah, guy we actually just talked about, uh, AJ Brown. <laughs> AJ Brown has, <laughs> has been going crazy, man. Um, I have him in my uh, celebrity league, um, and he's been, he's been carrying uh, that. And then, I mean, I have uh, – so now when I have Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb, uh, Two powerhouse running backs, obviously. Um, and then I have Jay Herb as my quarterback in that one. And then I have a lot of the um, the Bills guys. I have uh, Gabe Davis, uh, Singletary, 
And then uh, Dawson Knox. So, so obviously the Bills have been doing well. So their offense yeah. is just putting putting out some fantasy points. So the Bills have really been carrying carrying that league for me. Yeah, some some of the like up and down stuff with Gabe Davis, up and down stuff with Dawson Knox. But there's no, up and down at, at with Dawson Knox. There's no not there are very few other than Travis Kelsey like week to week tight ends that you can really trust this year. So that has been a, yeah. a troublesome spot. That's that's what I've noticed this year, man. Tight ends tough. Like tight ends, like it's the drop off is like steep as far as fantasy points goes when it comes to tight ends. So that that might be something you look into, you know, at the beginning of uh, beginning of next year, you know, with the tight ends, because the top tight ends are some some studs, you know, Mark Andrews and Kelsey. Oh, my God. Um, right. Yeah, Kelsey, Just picking up those guys and ha- if having that tight end spot secured, I would say the, the drop off as far as fantasy points is a lot steeper than it is for for running backs. It, oh, at, at every it's it's the most frustrating position this year by a lot. The tight end position, uh, because we know there's going to be Kelsey and Andrews, and even Andrews had, had some weeks where he was injured. He missed time, to, you know, be playing through injuries yeah. too, all that type of stuff. But like the guys that every by the way, Austin, every year in fantasy, like analysts try to talk themselves into, oh, this year tight end's going to be deeper. Like this year there'll be a bunch <laughs> of young breakout guys and it never happens. I mean, if you right. when you're drafting like tight end 8 to 12 or god forbid you're in a 20 team league, just forget, you know, forget it. Like you're <laughs> That's you, an empty spot. <laughs> hey, don't don't get attached to the dude you drafted cuz you're going to be making a waiver claim, okay? You'll be picking somebody else up. But what's really hurt this year is guys like Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller has been hurt like there hasn't yeah. been those guys that have stepped up to fill in that middle tier group. And even a guy like Zach Hurts, who was great, he got hurt. So it has been a wildly frustrating year. So I can't wait to see how like the industry corrects or maybe overcorrects for that next year. So uh, do you make a do you make an argument that you pick up a tight end earlier next year if you can get one of those studs? I mean, uh, I think we'll have the same debate with Kelsey. Some people will have with Kelsey next year, which is like, is he how high do you draft him? Because he is, I mean, he's getting a little bit older. Like, is there ever going to be a drop off with that guy? And he's like the one he's really him and Mark Andrews are like the one consistent, like the two yeah. consistent guys. Cause right. I mean, that it could create a situation where guys like Kyle Pitts, if they get a new quarterback there in Atlanta is a value, something like that. He's on my yeah. dynasty team, which is my, which is my best team this Kyle year. Pitts? Yeah. And now like ah. I, I lost him. Yeah. Hayden. I was using Hayden Hurst. He got in the middle, hurt in the middle of last game. I have the Taysom Hill thing, but he's on by this week. So I'm like in a position now. Where it's like, oh, great. I'm starting Johnny Smith like this. Yeah. So it's basically you get <laughs> one of these studs or like, OK, you just ch- try your chances with, uh, you know, one of these other guys. Because, um, I mean, shoot, man, like there's so many studs out there scoring fantasy points. Some yeah. of these, you know, these star receivers that we've been talking about um, and that we're talking to later in the show, you know, CD, um, you know, Devonte, we talked about, man, like, and then some of these running backs too, you know, I mean, I have been doing too bad this year. I've been scoring you some points out there. Maybe. So, yeah. 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 You know, one or two. <laughs> so <laughs> had a, so you maybe had not, a couple maybe games, not. pal. Yeah. You've had a maybe couple not. Maybe just try your chances with the later round tight end. Um, yeah. That's so. that is the big thing is like the opportunity cost of okay if you're going to take a Kyle Pitts in round three of your draft and it doesn't work out well look at all yeah. the guys at wide receiver and running back yeah. that you might, or even quarterback now I mean we talked to Josh Allen last episode and why didn't that guy pick himself in the first round I don't know by why the way why did he not pick I, himself man what <laughs> I don't I don't get it uh, I don't get it 
Yeah. Oh man. There's a good CD Lamb has a good story about that later in the episode about uh, himself on his own fantasy team. So I'll save that nice. for the listeners to get nice. to get into. But um one last update just for me on fantasy. Austin, I told you at the beginning of this show when we did the first episode that I had you on one fantasy team. That yeah. fantasy team is in the Scott Fishbowl, which is a huge charity tournament, and I made it to if the playoffs have already started in that cuz it is literally like a thousands and thousands of people are in it. It's a huge bracket league. I'm currently in 194th place in the wait, league. Wait, wait, wait. How does that even work? Like you just, you does it? Because so multiple people can have me on their team then, obviously. Yeah, well, because not in like every team has, there's a bunch of divisions within conferences. Okay. Just almost like a, like the NFL, right? Like there's divisions okay. and then there's conferences and then there's the finals and stuff like that. Wow. Um. So, sick. but yeah, in my division, which is, I don't know why I'm in the Birmingham, Alabama division. I have no, <laughs> no attachments to Alabama whatsoever, but there I am. Uh, I'm, I have Austin Eckler obviously in that one. And um, I think I was third or fourth in the regular seat or third. I think I was third or second in the regular season. And now nice. we've four of us have moved on to the playoffs from that division, which again, have already started. So uh, made it to round three. We'll see what happens. Uh, need a few other folks to step up besides you. That would be great. Talk about a disaster of a tight end position. My God, the, my tight ends in that league are, <laughs> I don't even know what the hell's going on there. So a lot of fun stuff. We'll, oh, we'll see. Man. We'll see if that team, I'm, but I'm glad well, yeah. that I didn't, I'm glad that my one team with Austin didn't absolutely suck this year. That's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing the update next week, man. Yeah. Let's and, get it done. And shout out to Scott Fish. If, if people are not familiar with the Scott Fish Bowl and, and all that goes into that charity league, like definitely check it out. It, it's, it's, a, it's a cool thing every year. All right, Austin. Great stuff. Love the check-in on your fantasy teams. We'll see how you're doing uh, next week. We're going to get into the mailbag here, but before we do, we're going to take a quick break. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, people. Let's get into you the mailbag. You do that yeah. every week. <laughs> I, was, I know. I'm always pointing over here. I'm point, pointing and drinking from the giant water jug. That's the stuff that's going on here, uh, you know, for, for the video. Anyways, the mailbag. Ask Austin at yahoosports.com. People sent in a ton uh, of great questions nice. this week. Let's get right into it. First one comes in from Bryce. We all know running backs are an integral part of any fantasy team, and even after a surge of some zero RB strategies, etc., it seems like having a top running back is still a recipe for success. That being said, as an elite running back yourself, how do you reconcile how the league has seemingly, quote, devalued running backs with the emphasis on passing attacks? And secondly, why does it seem like the drop-off for running backs is so sudden and extreme, a la Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay? I, that, that was that was kind of a that was an interesting inclusion there. Or why it seems harder for running backs to switch teams sometimes and keep up the high production. Are these things you think about and try to incorporate into training? It seems like you don't want to have to worry about this as much since you have elite pass catching skills. So a lot to get to there about the value wow. and standing of the running back position. Wow, diving into the running back position. Um, the first question, the value. Um, and you can see that, you know, just by looking at the contracts, right? Like look at the top contract for running backs and 
you know, we're dwarfed by, you know, a lot of these other positions, uh, actually probably most positions um, out there. Uh, But but it's crazy because we make one of the biggest impacts on the game, right? Because we, besides the quarterback, usually touch the ball the most. Um, And so you're like, man, like, you know, what the heck? You know, we're saying the same thing as running backs, like what the heck? But, you know, it comes down to, you know, looking at the business side of of football. Um, And I don't want to get too far into the weeds here, but, you know, it's just the reality of the running back position is that you're most susceptible to getting hurt because, yeah, the quarterback is touching the ball more than you, but usually, you know, throwing the ball, right? And they have all these rules to protect them. We're touching the ball and we have no rules to protect us besides just the common face mask and stuff like that. Um, So we're taking full-on hits, right? And then when you touch the ball um, as much as we do, you're more susceptible to getting hurt. And then it comes down to basically our our position is more so like the grind of the game. Like we're getting three, four, five, six, maybe you burst one every once in a while, but for the most part, that's what you're getting. Like we average four yards a carry, right? And so you know, four yards of carry will help you during the game, but guess what's going to actually help you even more during the game? If you have a guy like we just played, Devontae Adams, that can catch the ball and take it for 60, take it for 50, take it for 30, right? So the, the where do you want to spend a lot more of your money? You want to get your money to guys that get you down in the deep part of the field or guys that can defend that. Um, and so when it comes down to talking about running back salaries and getting underpaid um, and talk about just value as far as to the team, you know, if you can get your, your team down into the deep far, if you can make explosive plays, things like that, you'll definitely get paid as running back. Um, and, you know, that's where I, I'm trying. I'm trying to get myself down of there, right? Make those explosive plays, make a guy miss. And then talking about um, moving into the drop-off, that's interesting. I think it comes back down to the same thing, right? You know, I think injuries, like the buildup of injuries on a running back are probably not really comparable to any other position besides maybe linebacker. Um where it's like, we just get beat up, man. Like sprained ankle here, you know, torn this, you know, sprained this, right? And it just adds and adds and adds and adds. And during the during the course of a season, we don't really have time to recover fully. You just kind of tend to the next injury, whatever's worst at the time. Um, and so I would, I would say generally that's probably what it is as far as the drop-off. It comes back to the injury, comes back to the same reason um, our salaries are the way they are. And then there was one other question in there that I forgot. Um, uh, if there's anything you do to try to incorporate into your training. Oh, yes. Yes. I mean, for me, I've really just always been a workout warrior, man. And so that's that's what I just continue to do even during, you know, off season. Like I don't I don't stop working out. Like I just stop getting hit. Um, and so for the most part, to add value, and you talked about more, I guess another part of it was running backs um not not really being the main part of the offense or whatever like that, not being, you know, being a part of the passing league. So maybe not be used much. It really comes down to the type of runner that you are and type of person that you are. Um, And this gets into me being a, you know, like the pass catcher, like you said, just, I feel like if you're a running back that can really do any role as far as catching the ball and running the ball, like you're going to have, I think a longer career just because you'll be able to add more value. Maybe you will do have a drop off, but I think you'll be able to slow down that drop off because you can still add more value. Um, a guy that I think of that, you know, add a lot of value to his team that was in front of me even was Danny Woodhead. Mm, if you guys yeah. remember him who he played like 10, 10 oh, years. Yeah. I remember Danny know? Woodhead. I, I had some <laughs> fantasy teams with Danny Woodhead where he like <laughs> saved my ass as a waiver pickup a few times. Yeah, man. Like a guy that, you know, he could run it, he could catch, like he could return, like he just added so much value. So, 
Um, I don't, I don't want to keep going down the rabbit hole, but that was a, that was a great question, man. But it comes down to what you can do and staying healthy, you know, as a running back. And that's going to, that's going to determine your value to the team. And then if you can get your team in the deep part of the field, that's, what's going to take you to that next level as far as getting paid. Yeah. I mean, not only do you guys take a ton of punishment, like different running backs, I think take different levels of punishment too. Like if you're a guy, I get, maybe you can correct me uh, if I'm wrong about this, but like if you're a big banger back and you're getting slammed by linebackers, defensive linemen, you know, four yards of carry that, that the bigger body hits, the bigger hits might add up more than like, okay, you're a pass catching back who sometimes you get hit by cornerbacks and safeties. Like, does that make any difference? Or, I mean, it hits a hit, bro. Ah, man, it, hits a hit, but then it comes down to, you know, how can you protect yourself? Do you have any major injuries? You know, like there's some anomalies out there. Like if you go back and look at some of these guys that, you know, played for a long time and, you know, put up thousands of yards, you know, every single season, like even like a guy like LT where they're giving him the right. ball, he's catching it. He could run, but he did it for however many years. Right. It was like, dude made it through. So like <laughs> there's some anomalies out there. I'm telling you. So the running back position, man, there's so much variance of, of cap. That's like, Okay, some guys can, most guys can't. Um, right. As far as carry a load at that high level for that long of a time, um, you know, like the, I think the average for running back, I think it was like two point five years um, comparatively to the the league average, which is like just under three or just at three. So you know, it's an interesting position, and it comes down to the guys that you have if yeah. they can do it or not. It's always funny too because I feel like at running back, and this is definitely true for for fantasy, the most like. Ran, you know rando dudes will will pop up right like this guy zonovan knight in 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 new york like i i had not heard of him until like 24 hours before a couple games ago when michael carter misses the game and now this guy's like 100 yards per from scrimmage every game the last yeah. two weeks like just random guys will pop up like that so it's it is a funny position uh austin you are on pace to break the running back catch record so uh bryce is right you you are you do have elite pass catching skills which i know you've had mixed feelings about but so there is you are yeah. doing that man you are doing that very mixed feelings um but look i can't say the teams and jay herb's not trying to give me the ball um i would just say i would i hope i wish that i was doing more with my opportunities you know i feel like my standard isn't what I've been playing at recently. Even though I'm scoring a bunch of fantasy points, like I'm talking about for a straight yeah. football team, you know, contribution. Um, I feel like there's more meat on the bone um, in my game. So five more games, man. I got to make sure I'm eating as much as I can. I was going to say, season's not over yet, so story's not finished. Uh, Kevin is our next listener that writes in here. He says, I listen to you and Matt each week on Necro's Edge. I mean, that's great. Let's go, Kevin. <laughs> uh, you've spoken about motivation a few times, but I'd love to know more about your own motivation. I'm currently writing my master's dissertation on motivation, and I'm a physical education teacher. What types of experiences and or people motivated you as a kid to be physically active? Also, what type of things keep you motivated to play football? If you have time, what type of things motivate you to keep a growth mindset? A lot of motivation there. Yeah, I think all of those kind of play into the same thing. Like they come back to the same factor for me, like the experiences that have motivated me, why I stay motivated today. Um, I th it really comes down to the principles that I live by. Um, and I guess, let me, let me just put some groundwork here. Like I'm not, I'm not really a results driven guy, um, even though I do expect good results. So what do I mean by that? Like, I expect that if I'm able to put in the work as far as what I'm supposed to do, working out, putting in my study time, putting in, um, maybe it's not even involved in football, maybe it's 
you know, for the foundation, like making sure I'm going out, vetting out um, different, um, you know, opportunities to impact the community, building up a team around that, like putting, putting things in process, learning how to start things, right? Learning the, the fundamentals of what, what something is built on as far as like for, for something you can relate to with football here, like learning how I need to play my position and how it's supposed to be played at a high level and how that's done. And then if I focus on those things, then I can expect, I do expect the results, but I'm not driven by like, oh, I want to make sure that I'm a pro bowl back by the end of the year. Like, yeah. it's like, let me play at a high level. Um, and that, that has been formed by, I guess, by my experiences through my life where it's really been me not really understanding what I want to do, where I want to go, but I knew how I wanted to work in the moment that I had it, right? Like when I was playing sports in high school, when I was going through my education in college in high school, like I didn't know what direction it was taking me. I just wanted, I just knew I wanted to do well at it. And so I really cared about the moment, taking advantage of what I had at the moment. Um, and I think me not knowing, not having a direction actually really helped me because I didn't, I wasn't pushing towards something. I was just pushing to be like my shirt says, be the best version of myself at the time. Um, and then as I got older, I started to have more of a vision of what I wanted to do. So I was, I'm now I'm able to kind of steer it a little bit more, but because of the way I worked and because I learned how to work and just take advantage and I was living in the moment and trying to be the best at that moment, I learned that, okay. Results will come if I put in the work and that keeps me motivated today. So I'm like, okay, let me put in the work. And now I'm in a position where I put in so much work that I can steer the, my own boat. I can pick and choose what I want to be involved in. And so now that same mindset comes to the new things like the foundation, like Eckler's Edge. It's like, okay, what makes a great podcast? Let's be good at that. Let's bring energy, right? Let's be interactive. You know, let's have a good time. Let's put a smile on my face, even though I just lost the game, right? Those things like and then the results will come from that, right? It's it's focusing on what makes things work and how I'm able to actually dive into that and focus on that. That will drive my motivation and drive my results in the future, which will give me more opportunities, which will give me more motivation, which just continues the cycle, right? But at the, at the end of the day, it comes down to me living by my principles of taking advantage of now, not necessarily for results, but for the method of bringing value to my life that will give me an expectation for some type of result that I'm looking for. So that's what I would say about the motivation part. I love that. And I think that's something that people kind of overlook sometimes about like not being results driven with your motivation because, and I, I still struggle with this, but I just just related to my, my own life for a second. I remember when, you know, I decided to forego some of the opportunities that I I had, you know, in the academic world and decided like, I want to become a professional NFL writer, you know, like that's what I, what I wanted to do. And it kind of happened pretty quickly. Like I ended up getting a job at NFL Network and, you know, moving out to L.A. for that. And then there was this moment where I was like, what do I do? You know, OK, well, now what? Like I just accomplished yeah. that goal and I'm freaking, you know, 23, 24 years old. What, right. you know, what do I do? You know, what do I go now? So um, I think that's a great message of like, don't be don't be focused on the results. Just be constantly focused on on, on yourself and getting better. That's a good. And just one, good. one thing to add on to that, even with your story, because you had that result and you got the result. And now you're like, OK, now what do I work towards? Right. Right. But when you focus on working towards just building yourself up and adding more value to your life, maybe it's your network, maybe it's your education, uh, maybe it's your, you know, your exposure to new things or trying new things, whatever it is, you it never ends. You always have something to push forward towards because 
you can never know everybody. You can never do everything. So you're always pushing just to continue to add things to your life. And you get to a point where you get to start steering because you've added so much value to your life. And now people will value your value. So now they want you to be a part of your things. Now you get to decide, okay, I'll do this. I won't do that. Um, so, and look at you now we're doing Eckler's edge, right? Like, so like (laughs) our paths, we've, we both added so much value to ourselves that we're able to have this opportunity to have this amazing podcast together. Hell yeah, man. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. Let me tell you what, uh, there was no way that 2013 Matt Harmon ever thought like, you know what my goal is? I want to be hosting by 2022. I want to be yeah. hosting a, a podcast with a, I mean, I didn't even know you existed, uh, but like yeah, a, a starting yeah. NFL running back who's a superstar <laughs> right. player. But those are the, like the, the possibilities and neither, do, I'm sure you weren't sitting there in 2013. Like, no. you know what I, you know what I want to do? I want to be hosting yeah. a podcast with some goofball named Matt Harmon. Yeah, no, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you get the point. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's, sure. it, it's a great way yeah. um, to, to think about it like that. All right. A mm-hmm. couple other questions here. Uh, we'll go a little more or maybe rapid fire with these maybe okay uh arvin asks us as a basketball player i've always wondered watching nfl games how do you get your body used to the start stop all the time i feel like it takes time for muscles to get back to 100 percent. you know the huddle zero percent back to 100 percent, all that type of stuff that that actually is a really interesting question yeah i mean i i don't know like i've been playing football for forever and it's just been what you do yeah. you know um, it's one of those things that since I've been since I've been playing, it's kind of like basketball. There's start stop in basketball. You know, it's not basketball's got a lot more running that's you know kept up. You know, you don't just run sprint and then get us kind of slow down. Yeah, uh, which I I mean maybe you do. I don't know. Um, I think with football, it's probably more. It's got to be more extreme because of, like the huddle aspect of it, right? I mean, when you watch like the the mic'd up segments with you guys, like ninety percent of it when the play starts, just like. You know, like the, the you yeah, guys yeah. The and stuff like that, and then and then immediately like it stops. You know, so that's got. I mean, that's got to be yeah. different from basketball or like soccer, for example. <laughs> Obviously, World Cups going on. You know, those guys are always yep. moving. Yeah, there is a difference, but look, the body's able to handle it. We we build ourselves up to be like these really bursty, you know, type of bodies that you know, even for all offensive linemen to the receivers to running backs, we're all just like burst, like burst. You know, you have six seconds of just, you know, 100% effort, then you rest, right? And you get like 45 second break. So, you know, the body just builds up a tolerance and, uh, you know, it's it's not 100% tolerance. You definitely get tired out there, especially when you're having to tackle and run through people. So that definitely has a drag, especially because our games last so flipping long. Um <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot of standing around. There's a lot of ad breaks, you know, which pays right. the bills. So we'll take them. But the game is like three hours, but it's only one hour of play time. Yeah. Um, so um, it definitely has a toll. But yeah, we make it through at the end. A lot of ad breaks. Yeah, I love that. All right. Last one here from Cole. My question is, if you have an example of a treatment or a method you use that uh, you felt assisted you in recovery from an injury uh, that your training rehab team assisted you with. I'm a physical therapist and love to hear how athletes feel about different training methods for recovery from various injuries. Ooh, I guess the, the major injury that I've had was my hamstring two years ago. Um, and the recovery process on that, it was really staying within my body's recovered range of motion and making sure that we're doing everything, whether it was stretching, whether it was strengthening, staying within the range of motion of recovering that hamstring, which I know is a, a problem across so many different sports and really annoying because they can linger. And so that took, I don't know, two months to recover from, but it, 
It was making sure that you stay within the process and making sure you're staying active with it, but not overdoing it. Uh, meaning going outside or really trying to push it like, oh, let's 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 go five more degrees today. No, it's like, okay, how is your hamstring feeling? Stay within my body, what my body's telling me, because we're all different. We all recover at different rates. We'll have different, you know, makeups of our body. So as far as my injury that I've gone through and recovered and came back strong from, that was the main one. And it was slow and it sucked. But we stayed active um, but, and stayed within the range of, of what my body was wanting to do and didn't push outside. And some, so some days were worse than others. Some days were better than others. And I guess that would be my, my short answer for, for injuries in general. But all j- injuries are different, right? Like that's a hamstring, um, which is probably one of the more common soft tissue uh, injuries. So probably a good one to go, go off of. Staying within the range of uh, like what you can do, I think, is, is pretty crucial whenever you're recovering uh, from something. All yeah. right, folks. Remember... Ask Austin at yahoosports.com. Great questions this week. Send yeah. in a bunch of good ones for next week, man. It, it definitely it definitely helps. And you guys send in some good questions. Last thing, Austin, before we throw to the CD Lamb interview, um, we don't need to do a full uh, preview on Chargers Dolphins. Obviously, it's another Sunday night football game. It's an island game. I love being able to. It's it's so convenient for me, man, to to be able to watch your, your games when it's in the island portion there because you know, right. I, I can dictate the TVs to other things during the big games. But that's not what anybody cares about. What what people do care about, obviously, is the Herbert Tua storylines that's going to come into this game. We talk a lot about how you know media narratives and controversy can dictate this stuff and all that. And you know, there's. Uh, like I'll just say Emmanuel Acho has the whole like social media quarterback thing going on with, with Justin Herbert. I don't know if you've seen that at all, um, but it's like, he's yeah. a big to a guy, the social media, Justin Herbert's a social media quarterback, whatever. I wanted to just use this, this section with this game to give you a chance to just talk about Justin for a little bit, because obviously we, we talked about you like six and six, the struggles of the season, the ups and downs. Mm-hmm. How has he been uh, with how the season has been and, and, and kind of, I don't know, just, Give us a check in on on Justin, man, because I think he's it's been maybe not the season that people have expected from you guys. But how is he as a leader, as the quarterback, like been within the locker room? Yeah. So what, one thing that I think is really important, especially when it comes to the quarterback um, position, uh, well, even back going back before that, before I say this, he's in year three. Um, and so I, when I came in my rookie year, I was with a guy that was in like year 16 at the time. And so seeing a guy that was in year 16 with Philip Rivers and how he ran things and knew pretty much everything and going to a young guy, I'm like, wow. Like the knowledge at the quarterback position, like I've seen the cap. I've seen like mm-hmm. what people can do at the very top. And so the thing that I would say Justin has impressed me with the most this year is his growth of understanding defenses, offenses, um, and the check and like knowing how to check it. And he's getting quicker with it. Um, he's only in year three. Um, and so I remember my year three, it's year three. I feel like was the year as a running back, right? I don't have as much responsibility to him, but I felt like I was like, okay, I understand how to be a pro, how the league works. And then I think from then on, my knowledge of the game really started to, to take off and I really started to understand it. And so that's what I would say as far as him adjusting throughout the year, obviously I've had some major injuries to some of our receivers, Jalen Guyton, you know, Keenan, Mike Williams, you know, have all missed games and, you know, Jalen been out for the entire season. Um, so that's definitely going to, you know, have a, have a hit on his, on his numbers, which it, it has. I know he's got to throw me the ball, you know, behind the line of scrimmage or for two yards down. He can't <laughs> not throw me the ball down the field, you know, yeah, so that's right. going to definitely, he's still got like, I don't know, thousands of yards passing. So yeah. still finding a way to get it done, which I think, you know, contributes to, to how good of a player he actually is, um, especially when he has his guys around him. 
but yeah, man, like he's been just like just like all of us, man. Like we go through ups and downs, you know, and it, especially with him and his position, there's so much pressure on him. You know, we, we talk about my mental game where he's the he's leading the offense, right? Like so that he's got even more as far as pressure on him himself, um, as far as what the organization is expecting from him. Um, so yeah, it's not that he's you know, taking it super hard, but you know, he feels it. He feels, we all feel losses. Um, we also all feel wins too. Like I'll say something about Justin, like every time and you'll see it, you know, media talks about it too. Like he's always, he just, after the game, I think he just takes like 20, 30 minutes and just sits there and just kind of lets himself calm down and just, you know, just, just sits there, just sits there, unwinds the game, takes everything in. Cause this man cares so much. Um, that's why I know he's going to be great because it reminds me a lot of how much Philip cared, like just cared about just football in general. And then obviously about his team and his performance. Um, and you really need that. Those go hand in hand for making a great quarterback. You know, he's got the talent. Now it's like, what about the emotional side? Is he, is he in it mentally? Um, and so, like I said, it's year three and absolutely we're trying to win now, but I just know in the future, man, this guy He's going to be, he's definitely going to be special. He's going to be one of those elites as he continues to understand because the mental game of the quarterback, man, is crazy. That's a whole nother podcast we could just get into alone. Just knowing all these things you got to know and disguises and different checks and what the front is, where's the run ID, where's the pass protection, like all this stuff is like, man. Um, so like I said, man, we got to we we got to win now. We still can, um, and, but I'm just most proud of him mentally coming along and continuing to grow that way. Yeah, um, it's definitely not just dropping like drop back throw ball, right? There's a lot. no, yeah, there's a lot to go with the quarterback. <laughs> that was it, you know. All these quarterbacks in college would be studs up here, you know. And you see these stud quarterbacks that come up, and you're like, "What the heck happened?" You know, yeah. like, "Why aren't you doing as well as you did in college?" Well, this is not college, my friend. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot that goes into it, man. Uh, uh, that is definitely a, another podcast for sure because we could go we could go 45 minutes to an hour just on that alone. But that's yeah. all. I, that's what I wanted you to do here, just like kind of give us something like that, like that, that, that yeah. 20, 30 minute kind of come down that he has. Like, I, it, it's just a fascinating season for, for you guys as a whole, but for Justin, like progress isn't always just like a rocket, you know, a linear rocket ship or anything. Right. Like there's ups and downs as we always talk about, but uh, I know that that will be the big talking point going into this game. So I think it's a good time to get a check in on uh, what, what's going on with Justin there. So very cool stuff from you, Austin. All right. Yeah. We're going to throw to CeeDee Lamb here. Austin couldn't make it again due to scheduling conflict, but we got a great conversation coming up with the Dallas Cowboys star wide receiver. Let's check it out. Very excited now to be joined by Cowboys star receiver CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, no complaints here, man. Uh, look, you guys are coming off a huge win uh, on Sunday Night Football against the Indianapolis Colts. It really feels like right now the Dallas Cowboys are clicking at the right time. Everything is coming together. Um, I know there's a long way to go for you guys. you got bigger aspirations in beating the Colts uh, in Week 13. But talk to me about the vibe around the Cowboys right now. As Like I said, I feel like everything is sort of clicking at the right time. Most definitely. Um, the camaraderie we built uh, you know, throughout training camp, I feel like that's where it all started. And uh, just coming together just as, you know, as a team, playing together, uh, uh, playing complimentary football, all three phases, you know, just trying to be the best at each position and win each uh, individual one-on-one, if you will. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like Dak is playing at a really high level. You've got Zeke and Tony Pollard balling out right now. Um, tell me a little bit about the offense this year, because I think 
you know, maybe it's maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like you guys have evolved a little bit from what you guys have been the last couple of years. Feels like you're doing some easier things, like with some creative screen passes. You particularly, um, I think this goes understated about you so far in the NFL CD. You've played like multiple wide receiver spots. You've been out at X sometimes. You've been used as a flanker. But I got to say, the way that they used you. On Sunday night, you know, a lot of pre-snap motion using you to kind of dictate matchups to the defense. I think that goes understated about your game. How do you prepare like to play multiple spots like that from the receiver standpoint? Uh, quite honestly, it's very difficult. I'm not even <laughs> going to you know, just sugarcoat it. But uh, for sure, just, you know, it's fun. It's, it's probably what brings the fun into the you know position, just learning the different routes, uh, different route trees at every position. Right. Uh, obviously, you know, there's three positions on the field as, at the receiver position, but each every one has its own limitations on which route you run. So just kind of opening that up, expanding, you know, my knowledge as, you know, learning the offense, if you will. And uh, overall, and like you said, just kind of getting myself lined up. But we, we want the winning matchup when the matchup is in our favor. So uh, just, you know, overall, just being in an attack mindset, understanding us as the offense, we can be very lethal. And uh, just being, you know, understanding that we got different playmakers and difference makers on the field all at once. So you got to keep your eyes, you know, active or else. I'm glad you didn't sugarcoat it because I think sometimes, you know, it's it's easy to just pick. Hey, I just go out there and do my job. Right. Like, but man, it is difficult to make that transition from the outside to the slot. So I'm glad you didn't sugarcoat that for the people out there, because I think that again, I think that goes understated. If you have a preference and again, I know you might say I'm going to do my job, whatever. If you have a preference, like. Which wide receiver position, which type of assignments like gets you the most jazzed up on a Sunday? Slot for sure. Yeah. Um, especially in this position. I mean, in this offense, like the slot has the most difficult of the three. Um, just understanding like you have, you know, you're blocking the most dangerous, if you will, like between the safety and the nickel. Mm-hmm. And then you're already in the middle of the defense, you know, so you can kind of see from a quarterback's point of view, kind of on the slightest, sure. that's the closest you can get at the receiver position is the slot. And to kind of see the whole, you know, formation just evolve or open up, if you will. But uh, yeah, I, I like the slot for sure. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, I love the chemistry and timing you and Dak have built uh, while playing in that slot position. It's really cool to see. And I think, again, shout out to you, man, because that's tough. Like not every receiver gets to, you know, play multiple positions like that so shout out to you man it's been awesome to watch hey you're here on behalf of the snickers rookie mistake of the year program tell me a little bit about that most definitely i'm excited to partner with snickers for this year's snicker rookie mistake of the year you know at the end of the regular season one mistake uh will be crowned by snickers rookie mistake at the end of the year with the fan winning two tickets to arizona super bowl 57 and uh you know every now and then i'll react to a couple mistakes that you know fans have shared and uh you can find it on my Instagram page, or you can kind of find it, you know, on a Snickers YouTube channel. And uh, to submit your rookie mistake, if you want, um, and learn more, fans can, you know, head to snickers.com slash rookie mistake, and then submit yours, and then maybe, you know, we can kind of get a, a gauge, or I'll see what your rookie mistake is, and we can kind of go off that. Well, for the people out there, uh, you know, we had – we have Austin Eckler on the podcast every week. Uh, he unfortunately couldn't make it to this interview today, but you know he's shared some of his mistakes he made it as a rookie. We had Debo Samuel on. He shared a, a rookie mistake. Do you have any stories from your rookie year where you made that that rookie year mistake that was you were able to kind of laugh off later? 
Most definitely. Uh, my rookie mistake was actually um, my rookie year, of course. Um, first game ever in the NFL. It was it was an away game. We were going against the Rams. Um, you know, every rookie is told to bring, you know, some food for the room for the travel guy. Like, and my job was to bring food for the receivers. And, yeah, so they kind of told me to bring their food kind of late. You know what I'm saying? So when they everyone had their order in, whatever, whatever, I called in. As I'm as I'm doing all this, I'm mind you, I'm rushing because I live about 35 minutes away from the airport. Um, get to the food space. It's an extended wait line for the pickup, but my food was ready. So I'm rushing. I'm like, can I get my food? Everyone's getting mad at me because I'm like skipping a line or whatever. I'm, just, I'm so sorry, but I gotta go. I'm trying to, you know, go play this game. And then, you got important things to be doing, man. You know. <laughs> unfortunately, I had to wait in a line. Um, and then as that was happening, time was just kept ticking. And then by that time, I ended up late and I almost missed the plane to my first NFL game. So it was quite the mistake. Very <laughs> frustrating. <laughs> uh, I could not imagine the, you know, Cowboys already get a lot of media attention anyways. I could not imagine the the discourse about that. If it's like, oh, Crazy. headline, CD Lamb missed his first NFL game trying to pick Crazy. up, you know, some some food or whatever. Imagine, imagine the storyline on that. It would have been a crazy turn. Yeah, no doubt, man. Well, hey, uh, talked a lot about how the Cowboys are clicking at the right time. You go, you got Michael Gallup making sort of his full emergence back, a couple of touchdowns on Sunday night. But I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, you know, talk about Cowboys getting media attention. A lot of talk about Odo Beckham right now. You know, he, he's with a couple teammates at the Mavericks game. You know, obviously we know he's visiting the team. What are your thoughts on the possible addition of a guy like Odell Beckham to the team and to the wide receiver room? I love that for us. Uh, obviously, adding another weapon like him is just another threat to the end zone and then another person that the defense has to account for. So off that, I want him. I'm accepting, you know, everything that comes yeah. with it. And I know he's ready for, you know, the attention of the Dallas Cowboys, if you will, coming from New York with the media and everything. So he kind of knows how to regulate and, do all that so like I said I want him to join us so yeah we need that yeah it would be pretty exciting I mean last year when he goes to the Rams he sort of was a missing piece like as that backside x receiver which opens up so much then for Cooper Cup as that slot receiver I think you could see some similar stuff there with you and him and also we know he's got experience playing the flanker position as well running that route I mean the guy can really as long as he's healthy, he can really do it all. So it would be that'd be a hell of a trio. You, Michael Gallup, and him. That would be really fun to watch. Dallas Cowboys be putting up a lot of points. So that would be pretty exciting. Uh, hopefully, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I know. I know everybody's waiting to see it. Um, yo, last couple things here, CD, before we let you get out of here. This is a, a, a somewhat of a fantasy football podcast. You know, Austin and I talk uh, fantasy when he's on here. Uh, he's really into it. Do you have any experience? playing fantasy do you have any experience like engaging with fantasy football players out there at all or any crazy stories yeah i have a i have a fantasy team now i just actually just started it this year oh for real just that's good playing just playing like literally just draft it's my family uh a couple of friends or whatever uh so i ended up i ended up uh my my brother, he drafted me before I could draft me. And I, I was like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, that's not, you know, that's not even a fair, you know, in my opinion, that's not fair. Yeah, come on, man. You're going to 
get me before I can get me. And he picked before me anyway. And he it was kind of like a petty situation. But uh <laughs> I had I had Jamar. So I was very, you know, I'm I'm content with it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So and then he got mad that I took Jamar because he wanted me and Jamar. So I kind of had to make a little, you know, little trade going on. But other than that, it's nothing really crazy as far as the fantasy going on. Besides me dropping 38 and then I won for my fantasy team. That was crazy. That, yeah, I mean, come on, man. Give me a break. We've had a few NFL players on the show, and it's like, you guys got to be, if you're going to play fantasy, you got to be at least able to to draft yourself, you know, because then, yeah, then it's like, okay, you're benefiting from your own greatness. It feels kind of um, wrong, in a way, for somebody else in your league right. to go against you with you. I mean, imagine if you drop that 38 points on your own, like, against you. That would yeah, be that would be tough. Exactly. That's <laughs> not, that's not, no. That's, no, that's not it doesn't even sound, you know, correct, you know? No, nah, yeah, for real. Well, I-, I think it's pretty cool to see guys like you embrace fantasy because, you know, we know that obviously the NFL is super popular on its own, but the popularity of fantasy football, the-, the popularity of sports betting, daily fantasy stuff like that has really grown the league. So I think it's pretty cool to see guys like you and Austin and others uh, embracing it out there. For sure, most definitely. I mean, everyone, you know, you got to be a part of, you got to experience what's going on or like the craziness that you're hearing about every Sunday. So, you know, you want to get a little glimpse. And I mean, it's good to see, you know, you kind of keep a track of what's going on around you or like how people are performing throughout the NFL. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I know that the the fans, like the fantasy players and stuff, love to hear you guys engaging with it. So that's pretty awesome. Any punishments for last place uh, in your league? We've had, uh, I think we had Cam Jordan on earlier this year, and he had talked about the Waffle House punishment, you know, where you have to sit in the Waffle House for 24 hours and eat waffles, literally all. Uh, but no, nah, you just gave me an idea, though, for sure, uh, <laughs> as far as what is going to happen at the end of the because I think people kind of like people in my fantasy really just starting to give up now because obviously their team isn't as good as they thought it would be. So now we're trying to come up with a punishment and I'll be sure to enforce the rules. Yeah, check out the Waffle House Challenge, man. Uh, that is a pretty fun one. People, 24 uh, hours, imagine. That's tough. Some some crazy things go down in a Waffle House too. I mean, the Waffle House by the, the, the highway where I grew up, qu- questionable. Some, some questionable exactly. things. Uh, you better hope you don't come in last. <laughs> exactly right. It's the motivation there. Hey, well, hey, CD Lamb, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, this was awesome. Got to talk about a lot of different stuff between all the way from wide receiver positions to Waffle House to Snickers right. rookie of the rookie mistake of the year. That's a pretty wide range of conversation, man. Thanks for joining me. Good luck and stay healthy the rest of the year, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, shout out to CD Lamb. That was a great conversation. Uh, he was awesome, Austin. I think you'd really appreciate the uh, the fact that he talked about how he didn't draft himself and somebody his brother drafted him in fantasy, and then he traded for himself right before he had like a thirty eight point performance. So yeah. that's what you, I was I was feeling it, man. When he was saying like that's what you don't want. You don't want to go out and score thirty eight fantasy points, and it's against you. Uh, that would yeah, be pretty exactly. Brutal, so. Shout exactly. You, Always try to get yourself, man. Always. Especially look, if, if you're like a backup, you don't play as much. I can see you justifying it. But if you're a starter, you got to get yourself, man. Come on. A hundred percent. You've got to. All right. Shout outs to CD Lamb for a great interview. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Equus Edge. Awesome conversations here. We went a ton, deep on a ton of stuff there. You can follow Austin on Twitter or Instagram at Austin Eckler. You can follow me at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And while you're there probably go ahead and make sure you're following at yahoo fantasy i will be back with dalton Deldon tomorrow for another jammed pack stat nerd thursday one stat you need to know for all 32 nfl teams 
Until then, we're out.